Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, good morning, beloved family. Whoops, I think, I'm not sure that we're on. Um, Okay, good. Um, All's well, sorry, had a little difficulty this morning, but all is well. Um, How are you? (laughs) Sorry, got a little distracted by my apologies. Good morning. Did I say good morning or did I say good morning, beloved? I think I left the beloved out. You see how distracted I am. You are beloved. And that's all there is to it. And God is never distracted. You are always, always, always his beloved. He knows what he's doing and he knows who he is and what he is. He is love. He doesn't have to feel like it. He is love. God does not function on emotion, but on on the fact that he is love and he is life and he is light and he is truth and he's perfect, absolutely perfect. So if he's so perfect, why is he allowing all that's going on? Uh, is it going to get better? I actually, with what I've been reading, it's going to get much worse. And um, I don't know that um, our Lord could ever send a sufficient chastisement on us for the um, millions and millions of abortions that we have caused by the people we have put in office. Um, it's, um, it's, it's just beyond measure. And uh, many have said they, they didn't know how long God could just stand by and not do something. Well, I believe he's doing something now, uh, at least allowing, allowing, um, evil to really run its course and it hasn't run its course yet i don't believe that uh, romans chapter one let me just see if i can uh, let me see if i can bring that up and read it to you it's really uh really amazing um it's a it's a scary chapter actually and the apostle paul wrote it to the romans uh just in the first century let me just see romans here I'm trying to type something that's going well for me. I'm not a techie here. I don't know why that's not working. Hold on. I got it. Okay. This chapter is, um, it's almost worth memorizing, and I'm going to read it to you. And Paul writes it to the saints who are in Rome. Who are the saints? We are the saints. We weren't in Rome when he wrote but we are the saints. I mentioned before I had a Protestant pastor who used to say, there's two people in the world, the saints and the ain'ts. <laughs> and the saints are those who are set apart for God. And we, if we are Catholic, every one of us is set apart from God through our baptism. And so we are saints. And you say, well, I'm not a saint. Well, yes, you are. If you're baptized, if you call yourself a Catholic, if you're not in mortal sin, you are a saint. You are set apart for God. If you look in the Bible of a, uh, in the margin of a, uh, most Bibles, there are some notes. And it says, instead of saints, it says holy ones. And you say, well, I'm not a holy one, but you are. You are. Holy doesn't mean perfect. It means consecrated. It means set apart from God. And so the whole of our Christian life is becoming what we are. We are saints. We are holy. We are set apart for God. We are. And so we need to become what we are in truth, in action, in our home, on the street, wherever we are. And most of all, with our own families. Paul, in his first chapter to the Romans, says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and designated son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord 
through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including yourselves, who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Um, Okay, and so he says, to all God's, we're already down to verse 7, to all God's beloved who are called to be saints. That's you. That's me. We're called to be saints. You say, well, there, we're called to be saints. We are not saints. Yes, yes, we are. We are called from our baptism on to be saints, to be what we are. And so Paul writes, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read this. Um, we're at verse 8, and um, uh, starting at verse 18 uh, is really um, will show you what God is doing even today. But he begins, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. You see now, beloved, we don't have to travel by long-distance uh, horses and everything else. Now we have the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News and electricity, and we can connect right now and be with each other. It's a really miraculous thing, I think. Paul says, I want you to know, brethren, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that, that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I'm under obligation. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Wow, that came up fast, our first break. Okay, when we come back, I'll begin with the... um, the rough part of Romans that speaks to the world today. Um, and when we uh, come to our second break, beloved, um, we will um, begin to take your calls, your texts, and your emails. And the toll-free number to call in is one 511 5483 We'll be right back. And email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I 
in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of Paul's letter, the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 1 because it is a description of this day. Um and where we left off, uh, Paul said he was eager to preach the gospel uh, to all who are in Rome. He said, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, he who through faith is righteous shall live. And now the reason for our Lord coming. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Beloved, that says that in God's creation of us, he has put the knowledge of himself within every single one of us so that there's not a soul on earth wherever that soul is that does not know that God exists, that there is a God. They may not know about our Lord Jesus Christ, but they know that God exists. They know that there is a God. Um, and Apostle Paul goes on to say, um, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. I'm repeating this first sentence. And wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth Here's the sentence now. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them ever since the creation of the world. His invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived uh, in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. And here's what happened. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man or birds or animals or reptiles. And therefore, they knew God, but they didn't honor it. Nobody could say, well, I didn't know God. I didn't know he existed. Well, they'd be wrong. They may have uh, clouded and scarred over their own heart and memory to the point that they don't even remember or realize that they uh, that they knew God exists. I never heard of a three-year-old saying, "I don't believe in God." You raise, you ask a kindergarten to raise their hand um, if they uh, believe in God, and I don't think any hand would not be raised. Claiming to be wise, it says, though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for 
excuse me, for images resembling mortal man or birds or animals or reptiles. And therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring, the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Therefore, Paul says, God, um, I'm sorry, I, I was repeating that. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Listen, see if this does not describe today. God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in their own persons the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a base mind and to improper conduct. They were filled with all manner of wickedness, evil, covetousness, and malice. Now, this is a picture of today. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a base mind and to improper conduct. They were filled with all manner of wickedness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malignity. They were gossips. They are gossips, murderers, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Look at that. And you see what was included? Gossips. Gossips are murderers. Slanderers are murderers. Very, very serious. Though they know God's decree that those who do such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but approve those who practice them. You see, misery loves company. They approve those who practice them. Let me see if I can go on here. Therefore, um, uh, the apostle goes on, you have no excuse, O man, whoever you are, when you judge another, for in passing judgment upon him, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, are doing the very same things. I'll stop for a minute, beloved. Don't you find it very easy to uh, point out the faults in others because they're in you? You see the speck in others' eyes because you've got the log in your eyes. That's true of me. The more I uh, can see faults in others, or at least the, the greater, to whatever degree they disturb me, that is the degree, that same false, excuse me, that same defect, that same sin, that same fault is in me. And if it weren't in me, I might see it in others, but it wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother me. I learned some years ago, and I'm more convinced of it today than ever. You can see faults in others. You can see struggles and problems in them, but you would be nothing but compassionate if the love of God is in you. But when you get annoyed and angry and disturbed and unsettled, it's because you're seeing yourself in some measure. And if you say, forget it, I don't do those things. No, but perhaps the motive behind whoever does those things is the motive why you do other things. I, I cannot tell you how true this is. And um, uh, you may do an examination of conscience and say, okay, that person drives me up a wall. I am not like him or her. That is for sure. So where is this truth? And if you think about it, and you think of what it is that person does that bothers you. Think of why it bothers you. Because if you see a handicapped person, truly handicapped with a crutch, with a brace, uh, in a wheelchair, you're not critical of that person. You have nothing but sympathy for them. 
But if emotionally or psychologically there's a problem and you get very disturbed about it, it would be good for you to say, why am I so disturbed? And you could point out the problem. But why does it disturb you so much? That's the issue. And why do you think that person does the things he or she does? And I I can almost promise you, you'll see yourself. And that's why it rubs up against you so badly. I tell you, this was a very difficult lesson for me years ago. You may not agree. I'm not asking you to agree, but I believe it's true. Okay. Um, How did I get off on that tangent? I don't know. Oh, because the Apostle Paul said, um, in passing judgment upon others, you condemn yourself because you, you who make yourself out to be their judge, are doing the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who do such things. Do you suppose, O man, that when you judge those who do such things and yet do them yourself, you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume upon the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? Do you not know that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Beloved women, women, if you have a husband who's not a believer and who's into all sorts of debauchery, it's kindness that leads to repentance. Men, you have a wife that um, is not living the life of a holy life holy wife that you wish her to kindness is the way to transform her life your kindness paul goes on to say but by your hard and impenitent heart you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when god's righteous judgment will be revealed for he will render to every man according to his works did you hear that according to his works not according to the faith he claimed but according to the evidence of his faith, his works, he will render to every man according to his works. To those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are factious and do not obey the truth, but obey wickedness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first, and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first, and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. You know, I didn't intend to go this far down into the second chapter of Romans, but... um, I think in this time of epidemic, of pandemic, of rioting, of uh, what is now called insurrection, um, I think we need to examine ourselves. We can point fingers to everyone else. Uh, We can rightly say what they're doing wrong. But our lives, excuse me. Our lives are the ones that we need to account for before God. Our lives, beloved. We say, what do we do? What do we do in this awful, awful, awful time? What can we do? And St. Peter, our first pope, tells us what to do because he was, he lived in a time of per- where the church was persecuted and scattered all over Asia Minor. And he wrote to them with instructions of what to do during their persecution. And we'll talk about it when we come back, but we'll first take your calls, your texts, and your emails toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. 
LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustained life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Hi, this is Terry Barber from The Terry and Jesse Show. We bring you the gospel with clarity and charity. If you have any questions about the faith or what is happening in the church, be sure to tune in at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific. You can call us during the show, 888-526-2151. The Terry and Jesse Show, weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network and heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. My name is Jesse Romero. I'm a retired Los Angeles cop. I'm a Catholic lay evangelist. You probably hear me Monday through Friday at the Terry and Jesse show. My new show on spiritual warfare is called Jesus 911. Every Saturday at noon. That's a soul patrol Catholic program where three cops on fire with our Catholic faith. You can hear this program around the world on the iCatholic radio app. Jesus 911. Saturdays at noon here on the Station of the Cross Radio Catholic Network. God bless you. Keep the faith. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and I'm uh, thrilled to be with you, and you are welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Thea on the line from Los Angeles. Hi, Thea. Hi, Mother Miriam. <laughs> I have a question about what is the Catholic attitude or Catholic teaching, how to regard my hubby who died in September. We were, I had returned back to the Catholic Church after being gone many decades, and I found out we were in a regular marriage, but we stayed together as brother and sister because of a serious illness, but now he passed away, and I'm not sure how I'm supposed to deal with it. Like, we, we did have a plot already, so he is buried, but I don't know what to put, like, it sounds weird, but I don't know what to put on the headstone, because we weren't really legally married in the church. Um, we were married legally in California, but how how am I supposed to remember him? Am I allowed, like, it, it, you know, it's not, it's like brother and sister, but we were married many years. I don't know, like, what, do you understand my question? I'm not sure. I, do. I don't want to sin against the church, but I don't know how to even no. think of him. No, I think you can say husband of. You weren't married in the church, but you were married um, by the, uh, by the what, the court? We were married in a Protestant chapel. You know, I, I had fallen away from the church and got into the yeah. evangelical camp. Got it. But I returned, no, you I can... returned to the church because of you, Mother Miriam, on oh my goodness. Radio. Oh, my so goodness. God okay. bless you. Help me get oh. back. And my husband came around at the end. He was wow. really, uh, he, was a, he was a Protestant uh uh, what do you call it, um, Pentecostal, and he was hostile huh? to the church. But I started to tune in the Catholic radio. He started to really like you and um, Matthew Spencer and all those cool guys, yeah. <laughs> cool people. Wow. At the, and at the end, a, he agreed, a priest came to pray for him at the end. I am so grateful that he had sins forgiven at the end and had the blessing from the Father. It's just... And did he say yes to the Catholic Church at the end? He must have. We couldn't really talk a lot, but by the nodding of his head and all that. And and he was baptized also, right? Yes, he was baptized as a Christian. And you were. You know what? I think you... I can't speak... Uh, um, authoritatively here, but I think you at that point had a Catholic marriage. I think it was your marriage was automatically raised to a sacrament. Well, that's fantastic. I think oh. so. 
You know, if I'm wrong, somebody call in and say so, but um, I believe you're two baptized Christians. You came back to the church. Your husband came into the church at the end. That automatically raises your marriage to the level of a sacrament, as far as I know. It is. Thank you so much. So you just put on that tombstone that he's your husband, husband of. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You, Oh, I'm so happy I called. I was almost nervous about calling in, but I'm so glad I did. Well, I'm glad you you did, too. Now, I'm not the authoritative canonical voice. I believe that is true. You can call Catholic Answers, Catholic.com, and they can confirm it for you, but I believe it's true. So you pray for his soul. Um, and again, if his sins were forgiven, uh, just prior to his death, he might already be in heaven. You don't know that. So, but pray for him in case he needs it. And if he doesn't need your prayers, our, our mother will give them to who does need them. Wonderful. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you. Okay. You made my year. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you, Thea. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye, honey. We have an email from Diana who says, Hello, Mother. I have listened to your program every morning at work in England. I have a question about death. I am single without a family of origin. They have passed. And unfortunately, I never married or had children of my own. I'm 45. I worry a lot about not having anyone pray for me or pray masses for me when I die. I don't have any Catholic friends who are practicing the faith either. Oh, dear. I pray the rosary and many other prayers every day, mostly for others who need help or who have passed on. Can I pray some rosaries for myself in advance or even uh, pay some masses for myself with my local parish priest. I lose a lot of sleep over this as I wonder how am I ever going to get out of purgatory if that's where I go without anyone saying any prayers or masses for me. I hope you can help me. Thank you, Mother Diana. Diana, I would not uh, have masses said for you in advance I would not um, have that. I I don't know um, how that works in God's economy, but I would not focus on that, Diana. Focus on being a saint. Um, focus on living not a holy life. Don't be scrupulous, but focus on living a holy life and giving your life away to others in the name of Christ. You won't have to worry about your future. You know, um, for many years, I had a spiritual director, and the only, uh, almost the only penance he ever gave me was to pray for the poor souls in purgatory. Every day, every single day, pray for the souls in purgatory. And I always did that. I didn't know who I was praying for. It didn't matter. I was praying for the souls in purgatory. We pray here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. We pray for those who have no one to pray for them every single day. So don't focus on that. Don't focus on yourself that way. Focus on being a saint here on earth and leave your life in God's hands. He will do what is perfect for you. He will. And uh, you may not have people you know praying for you, but you will certainly have others praying for the souls in purgatory who have no one to pray for them. Um, but focus on being a saint on earth. Focus on uh, reparation, making sacrifices for yourself, for others. Um, and you can, it's possible to do enough reparation on earth that you don't need to be in purgatory at all. That's very possible. So I would focus on giving your life away for God. Focus on being a missionary, uh, on, on spreading the good news, especially in these days. You have, um, every one of us have an enormous task to get the gospel out in this day. Enormous task. We're coming to the end and, um, uh, how soon we'll be at the end, I don't know, but um, uh, I had word from a couple of people yesterday, I don't know the validity of it, that these riots that are beginning now are beyond George Floyd. They are 
uh, Antifa and beyond them. Uh, they are being spread uh, and planned uh, through the entire country. Nothing to do with George Floyd. He was only the catalyst to give them an excuse, but um, basically planning to burn down America. It's it's pretty awful. It's pretty frightening. And I think what we need to do is live our faith and not hide and get the gospel out. That's what we need to do to get the gospel out to every creature. So that's it, Diana. Don't spend any time worrying about yourself because that drains you from living a holy life. We have a a question from Teresa that was on Facebook. And Teresa says, good morning, Mother Miriam. Do you think it is wrong to not want to attend Mass until I can do so without having to wear a face mask? I attended this past Sunday and had to run to the back of the church because I was feeling like I was going to smother, which led to a gagging attack. It was so embarrassing. No, it's not wrong, Teresa. It's absolutely not wrong to not go to church because you have to wear a mask. And again, most churches, um, mask or no mask, uh, force you to receive communion in the hand. So I wouldn't go anyway. Personally, I wouldn't go anyway uh, to any church that, um, uh, that uh, how should I say it, that goes against the church of God, uh, that goes against the Catholic church and not allowing you to receive communion on the tongue. I would not go to that church. So, um, no, you're not wrong. And um, hopefully you won't have to wear that mask too long. We don't have to wear it at our, our parish. Um, so I'm, I'm sorry you have to wear it at yours, but you do what you feel you can do. Uh, we have a call from um, Missouri, Maryland Heights, and from Josie. Hi, Josie. Hi, Mother Miriam. How are you doing? I'm okay. How about you? I just am so tickled pink to have met you. I never even knew about you until I was listening to the Jan Markell show, who she's on Bot Radio. It's a, a Christian uh-huh. uh, radio show. Okay. And because of her show, I found out about you, and I'm so delighted. And so, sister, I'm going to, if you have, I'm not a radio person, so it's, I might get a little bit nervous here knowing that others are listening, but. Here's what I've been wanting to ask you. Go ahead. And it goes back to the new humanism Mm -hmm. and how you were saying that it is not of God. It's about socialism, control, communism. Correct. And you are right. You are so right. And I know, Mother Miriam, that the Holy Spirit is using you and to get the word out to others. Well, I bless God for that. And I'm grateful to him and I'm grateful to you. Thank you, Josie. So what I wanted to ask you, Mother, is how did you know about this? Oh, it's all how, over what, the place. How did you know? All over the articles, uh, news reports. Uh, go on to LifeSite News and you'll be up to date on all things. This is not new news anymore, but... Um, uh, I look at LifeSide News online every single day. That is my number one source for news. Um, and um, they have, they're right on top of it all. So that's uh, between LifeSite News and, uh, let me see, uh, I'm forgetting what else I read, but uh, articles on the web um, speaking about the new humanism and uh, people like um, George Soros, Jeffrey Sachs, all of them who buy into it and consider Pope Francis their hero and their leader. So that's all over the place on Fox News and other stations. So that's how I heard of it. Hey, so I wrote you a letter, and it's on its way. I mailed it out today. All right, you be getting it. Okay. And so my address is on there. I hope you may. I hope it makes it to you. Oh, so it should. I am so grateful to you because I, you're kind of like a little miracle in my eyes. But my my story is a little long, and how I like I said I I'm going. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Okay, for for nuns. 
I'm always uh-huh. thinking they're cloistered and that they're kind of protected and they don't know what's going on. And then uh-uh. that the fact that the Holy Spirit is using you yeah. and saying this stuff yeah. because, sister, they're going to believe you before they would an average person like me because mm. you're a nun and, you know, you're not yeah. supposed to tell a lie. So Nobody is, right, <laughs> but we don't tell. Right. And Truth I don't is either, too precious. Truth is right, too special to waste you, it on a lie. Mm-hmm. Right, but if yeah. I was next to you and I'm mm-hmm. telling the story and you're telling the story, they're more apt to listen to you. You know, I know what you're saying, Josie. I know what yeah. you're saying, but we don't have. Yeah. We are not cloistered. We are. Um, we are uh, what we call contemplative, active. We pray uh, eight times a day. We pray the full office uh, plus mass, but um, but we also have an apostolate. We also want to help. Uh, our, our heart is to help restore God's design for the family. So we do work with families. Um, and people come to us, we go to them, we walk the streets to return the habit to the streets, to let people know God hasn't left, He's here and He loves them. So, um, Josie, dear one, I'm so glad you called in. I'm glad we found each other. And there's the music for our break, dear one. So God bless you. And um, call in again anytime. Okay, and beloved, our lines are open for anyone who wishes to call in during the break, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. This is Rick Paolini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu ufam tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Are you ready for full contact Catholicism? This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics. Spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you'll join us. Give us a call during the show at 888-526-2151. It's the Terry and Jesse Show. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so happy to be with you, and we have a good 10 minutes to ourselves. Our lines are wide open. You're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart, one 511 5483 or email at mother at We We have an email from Tori, and Tori says, How can I deal with my friend who is struggling with the faith? She is a victim of unfaithful priests 
who seemingly sugarcoated Catholicism, and she and her family have been away from the church since. I fear for her soul because I've been friends with her for years and I want her to be with me in heaven. Tori, just tell her that. Maybe you already have. Um, Come to your friend and say, I love you, but I fear for you. I want you to be with me in heaven and with me or without me, I want you to be in heaven uh, for eternity because the only alternative is hell. And we have many unfaithful priests in these days and many who sugarcoat the faith and many people who are ignorant of the faith. They have not been taught. Um, And I would say to her, we cannot uh, hang our eternity on any priest, good or not good. We have been baptized. We have received the Holy Spirit of God, and we need to learn our faith. We are responsible individually. If we have good shepherds, well, that's a great gift for us. But if we do not have good shepherds, then we need to dive in and read uh, the catechism, the Bible, all of that. Um, in fact, um, uh, I... I we didn't have time, and I don't know that we will now, but let me just read a little bit of this. Second Peter, the first chapter of Second Peter. Peter is writing to the Jews, because the first Christians were Jewish people. Um, Christianity was founded by Jews. Jesus came from the Jewish people, for the Jewish people, and for the whole world. Um, and so, at the beginning, the Jews were persecuted, and they were persecuted by Jews who didn't believe. Um, and they were scattered all over uh, the Mediterranean. And Peter writes to them. Peter, our first pope, writes to them and says, um, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, that's every Christian, in the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, he says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I would read this to her. Sit down over lunch and read this. I'll just read a paragraph. His God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises that through these you may escape the corruption that is in the world because of passion and become partakers of the divine nature. This is her road back Tori, I think you should read this with her. I think you should meet with her once a week, go through the catechism or go through the gospel of of John, go through the scriptures. And Peter says, for this very reason, what reason? That we are partakers of God's very nature. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these things are yours and abound, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. One more uh Uh, two sentences here for whoever lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins therefore brethren be the more zealous to confirm your call and election if you do this you will never fail so there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ now your friend may not be up to reading all of Second Peter. But don't let this go. Don't let this go. Take her to lunch. Go to her house. Go to a park and walk. Do something where you get her alone and say, I love you. You're my friend. I. It, it's hard for me to think that you're not walking with God now um, and that you may uh, enter eternity in that state. Don't let a bad priest, or bad priests, plural, unfaithful priest, priests who sugarcoat Catholicism, priests who have lost their faith, priests who care less for souls. 
No, don't let them determine whether you go to hell or heaven. No, God's grace is there for you. And just walk away from them and study your faith. Study your faith and find a good holy priest who can that you can um, have a good general confession with and receive the sacraments and be back on track with God again. Because if you enter eternity in your current state, you will be in hell without God, without hope, without anything for the rest of eternity. You need to speak very, very, very clearly with her. Very clearly. If she shuns you and says, I thought you were my friend, well, you are. You say faithful. Proverbs says it. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Um, So say it's because I'm your friend that I'm telling you these hard things. I don't want to take a chance of ruining our friendship. But I care more for your soul than what you think of me, even though uh, I want you to love me and consider me your friend. So deal with her straight Tori in love but speak the truth we have Kathy from Massachusetts on the line hi Kathy hi Mother Miriam how are you I'm great how are you very good Um, Good. my question to you is with one of the previous callers um, I think it was a Diana she um, you had mentioned to her that rather than worry excuse me rather than worry um, about saying prayers um, you know for herself um, she feels she has no one to pray for her, but you did mention uh, as long as she can live, you know, a, a good life and stay in the faith, And but you would mention for her to do reparations. And I just wanted to get um, uh, more uh, examples or for you to get a little bit more in-depth in that and let people know what are some things people could do or situations that could be used okay. um, to atone for other people's sins or uh-huh. what is the purpose of that, saving of the souls or... How does that all work? It's only saving souls um, because our sins, when we are forgiven, are forgiven before God. Uh, Our eternal destiny, the sin that separates us from God, is paid for by our Lord on the cross. And we could do nothing to add to that. But when we sin, we need to take care of the or expiate Um, the temporal effects of our sin. So if you break someone's window, um, you go and they forgive you and you're forgiven. Uh, But if you're truly forgiven, you want to repair the window. You want to make reparation for that window. You want to show your sincerity by saying, I will restore the window that I broke. Not in order to be forgiven, but because you're forgiven. Zacchaeus was up on the tree and a great sinner as a tax collector. And Jesus told him to come down and he said, Lord, Lord, I'll repay everyone I've stolen from four times. You see, that's reparation. He's been forgiven and he's going to repay them. How do you repay? How do you make reparation? By praying for people, pray the rosary for them, offer sacrifices for them. Uh, offer your sufferings for them, join your sufferings on the cross to Jesus and say, Jesus, this is for so-and-so. I ask that you uh, bring them to you, save them, heal them, whatever it may be. You can offer your entire life at every moment to God from your waking moment until you go to sleep at night. You cannot put salt on your eggs and say, Lord, I'm going to suffer these eggs without salt for my friend Tori. God accepts it all. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll speak to you on Monday.